Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H E L P. This podcast is brought to you by Mental Health. Mental Health are an award winning mental health organization, the best Middlesbrough, and they work across the Tees Valley and beyond. Did you know Middlesbrough has the highest suicide rate in England, with 75% of those being men? Together, we can help change that. Mental Health run a number of amazing men-only groups across Teesside called The Speakeasy, which allows you guys to have a cuppa, relax and talk. For more information, please find all their socials at Mental Health. It's M-E-N-T-E-L-L-H-E-A-L-T-H. Um, and it's www.mentalhealth.com. Fleming for What's Craig Hignett. Hit it, Higgy. Higgy hits the track. Abanelli coming alive again. Janino wants the ball played to him. Abanelli spots out. Welcome back to the Borough Breakdown podcast with me, Johnny Bullock. Um, and this is the last podcast I'm going to be doing in the United States. I fly home next week, so hopefully the next podcast will be in the nice and sunny Teesside area. Um, and I can't wait to get back and get cracking on with this podcast on my new job as well, which is starting very, very soon. Um, I'm currently in, in New York working on a, a festival called Catskills, which is going to be in October. Um, so if there's any of the North American uh, fans that do listen to the podcast, um, it will be in Bloomberg in the New York area. But anyway, let's crack on. Um, and if I'm honest, I don't really know where to begin. Um, but I think I should actually start with Bristol City. Um, I think that's probably been the most positive thing that we, we've had this week so far. And um, the Bristol City game was, I thought, an excellent display from us. Um, the first half, we, we moved the ball well, we, we got the ball out wide, we were able to stretch that Bristol City midfield, that Bristol City defence in midfield, which I talked about quite a lot um, in, in the last podcast, and it caused them a lot of problems, you know. I think the second goal that we scored um, by Britta Sombolonga was was great, you know. We, it, was, it was a good example of um, of the, the stretching of the midfield, the quick interchanging, passing, and Downing searching ball in the box for an easy header for for British Ambulance to to pretty much kill the game off and you know that that second goal um we normally talk about it you're not really safe at at two 0 and I probably well well watching the game I thought we were very 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 safe in that game in in terms of the second half I didn't think we 
we're going to lose that result from that second goal. You know, in many cases we talk about that, that two 0 up being substantial lead and um, that a goal could potentially dictate a result either way. Um, but it never. Um, and like I mentioned, we kept calm and we, we dealt with the the pressure second half and the lads had to dig in and get the result we needed. You know, sometimes when you take that, uh, you take a few goals. We well, score a few goals in the in the first half. And it can be very, very difficult for you in the second half because teams either shut up shop and try and do damage limitation or they just go all out and make it very difficult for you to get on the counter-attack and try and to, to score another goal. But I think it's a great result for us. I, I really do. Um, even though it's within these first 10 games, and I've spoke a lot in the previous podcast that these first 10 games, they probably don't really matter too much and they won't dictate your season. Um, but... You know, it helps you get kind of get a foothold in the season. And I think Bristol, you know, do need to add to their team, and I think they're gonna, well, they're gonna, they're gonna have to add to their team um, if they're gonna try and reach the heights that they did last season. Um, and well, speaking of signings, I think here we here we go again. Really, um, we talk about signings a lot. We have done the previous podcast, and I think the first questions from Gareth, and he's at the edge of the seas, uh, edge of the sea. Um, and he is the one who created our intro. So, as always, thank you, Gareth, for that. And his podcast, as you can see, is very, very good as well. If you ever had time to to listen to that, please do. Um, but he asks, how many players do you think we need to bring in? Um, given we have young, hungry players that are waiting in the wings, and it's not a, a pun on Lewis swing. But, look, signings and recruitment has been a talking point in this podcast for a couple of weeks now and I've kept it relatively neutral in in all and all of that and trying to uh just show, show both sides of the story but I just think now and I think it's been a disaster. I really do. Um for I think it's just been a bit of a shambles um from how many I think it's like the ninth consecutive player we've we've been linked with we've let him go to a, a different club now but you know what we should be saying is we have made some made some terrific signings in the likes of Aidan Flint, Penny McNair, and John Hugo who's just who's coming in, um, but we are lacking still. We're lacking quite a lot, you know. Um, we're lacking in defence, and we need that winger, like, well, urgently really to help us out with um, later on in the season when it gets very difficult for teams. And if we have one or two injuries, we could drop like a stone essentially. Um, but I think the Yannick Balassi situation itself is. It's such a diff. It's such a difficult and disappointing scenario to to take, really, and um, to have him here at the training ground and then to lose him is criminal. You know, the golden rule is if you bring a player to your training ground, you should be tying him up there and then. Um, but we never we let him go, and I think Pulis be mad at that, and I think Pulis is going to be very very annoyed anyway from what we've been doing in more of a recruitment point of view. And yes, we shouldn't be getting ripped off by agents, and yes, we shouldn't be getting mugged off for money Balassi's only 75 grand a week he's 29 year old, had 3 ACL injuries, it is a gamble but if you're getting a player there, you're very interested in him, you have to get it close there, you have to um, But I don't know it's it's a difficult difficult one to take for me I think um, but there is no question that that Balassi does has, has he has bags and bags of talent and I think he'd be a massive impact on the championship this year if he's able to to find the gears that he once had, especially with Evan. He's a £30 million player, remember? So, you know, 
if he finds that form, it's, they're going to be a very, very difficult team to beat Aston Villa. But we shouldn't really be focused on them. Um, I think we should be really definitely focusing on us and trying to, to get those two or three players that we need to try and fill that void. Or Pulis will be thinking he'd been let down. He could potentially walk out again. He's done it before at Crystal Palace. So we need to get those players in. We need to get the right players in. And we need to do it very, very quickly. Um, and this leads on quite nicely to the, the next question we've got. It's from Mitchy T, and it's at, he's at Mitchell James ninety seven. He asks, "What players would you like to come into, come to the club on loan?" Um, I would like more like two or three players that I think we need. Um, I'd like to see see us get punching from Crystal Palace. I think he'd be a great addition. I really do. Um, he's he's experienced. He's he's tricky to play against. He cuts it on his left hand side. He knows the league. He's 32 year old now. He's very, very experienced. Um, I wouldn't like to buy him a more like I wouldn't like to buy him on a two or three year deal. Um, I think that's pretty pointless. You know, I think when they get to that age, short term contract is probably the best way to go, especially for us at the moment. Um, but it'd be that experience that we need to have in the squad, and I think he would be a good addition. Next, um, oh Shea Ojo from Liverpool would be a great competition especially for our younger players you know he has a great pedigree coming in from Liverpool he's very quick and he can give that Chapman and Tavernier a, a bit of a kick up the backside sometimes these type of players need it to really develop um, the likes of Lewis Wing he's seen competition all around him this year and he's really kicked on at the start and I think those two young players they kind of need it and just in terms of getting the best out of them so far and helping them learn as much as they can as having someone else similar to those age, similar to their age and, you know, fighting for those spots. I think he'd be a good addition too. And um, Final one, third, I'm probably going to rant on with another, play, another few players, but third player, I'd like to see Matt Target from Southampton. I know he's been mentioned. Um, again, competition... Um, from Aston Villa but another competition if we brought him in would be for George Friends and I think he's an exceptional young talent Matt Target you know he's very very mature um, on the ball he's good he's he's tactically very aware um, and I think he'd be the right man to try and push George Friend this year if, if we were to bring in another left back I do think we should um, but I think he'd be the right man again he's linked with Villa Villa probably be fair was to get him Um I'm not really surprised if he ends up there. From if I'm really honest, if we don't get him, I know Ward's been mentioned and uh, Suarez from Palace. Who I appreciate he was out for a year. He would potentially be a good sign. He's very very quick and tricky to play against. Um, he's, he'll offer something different um, and more of a defensive option. And sometimes you can attack from the back and. He might be a decent option there to play more of that wing-back role that we have been seeing in recent weeks. But if we were to bring in more of like a permanent left-back, um, looking at January now, I would perm I would like to see us, not like break the bank, but I'd like to see us go for someone who is relatively young and who's someone who's going to actually challenge George Friend. Um, because George has been there for many years now. He's fought off pretty much everyone besides Fabio, Fabio actually started to, to break through until he left, but he's been there for so many years, I think we do need someone who will compete and bring the best out with George until he, because you know, his legs are starting to go a little bit, but I think we should be looking at Rico Henry at Brentford, 
um, when he, he's just coming back from injury. Remember, he had that long layoff at the Riverside. He started off very well against Adama Traore. Made it very difficult for him, then got injured. Um, but he's a very young talent. I know Tottenham and uh, Manchester United are looking at him at the moment. Um, John Nobita from Reading. I've watched John Nobita play for a number of years now. Um, ever since he came on the scene as like a, a 17 year old I think it was like 2012, 2013 when he started coming on the scene um, he looked like a very very young very very good talent and he's still a year younger than me um, and he at the age of 22, 23 he is and he's, he's, he's in a team that's struggling at the minute you know they'll need, they do need a little bit of cash as well I think we could get a good deal for him and I think he'd be He'd offer again something different, some a bit of pace, what we need. Um, he is a bit of a wild card, but he's a, he's a wild card and someone who I'm going to mention now, and Derek Williams at Blackburn, um, who's he's not really playing too much at the minute this season. Um, but Republic of Ireland international, um, it's left back and play left midfield again. Has that wing back ability which we're, we're trying to implement now. I know we kind of revert to a little bit more of a four three three against. Bristol City um, at the weekend, but we had our wing backs so pushing up every time again, um, and he could potentially be a, a cheap option if we were to look for um, more of a, a player very similar to him. Um, they are good players. I think we should potentially look at them. Derek Williams probably not so much. Uh, he's a bit of a wild card, but John Nobita, Rico Henry, definitely players we should be looking at. So this kind of answers. Our next question really is from Rob Fletcher and he's at the way we play 11. Um, me and Rob are going to be recording a podcast towards the end of the month and we're going to go in more detail of stats um, and how we've been playing so far this season. That'll be a very interesting podcast. Hopefully by the next next week or the week after we should be getting that organised. Um, but he basically says, should we be strengthening our defence more um, than our attack seeing as we're very limited in numbers? I feel like I've kind of answered that question already. Um, but I think we, I think yeah, we should be um, building from the back because you know um, you should all you can try and build on good foundations, and make your team difficult to beat instead of buying a hundred strikers to score goals. Um, a fine example of teams trying to buy strikers and not care about the defense too much was our team in nineteen ninety six to nineteen ninety eight under. Under Brian Robson, the likes of Ravinelli, Janino, Emerson, Mikel Beck, um, we had a very good attacking line, um, but we never really kicked on because we were fucking shite at the back. Um, great to watch, great to watch. Um, don't get me wrong, it's an exciting period for the club. We got to so many finals, we did get relegated, which we shouldn't have, but um, we were two half decent centre backs away from being a, f- a fucking great team. Um, back in the day we were like a very good team and everyone wanted to watch us but we couldn't defend for Toffee so you know um, people used to hit Karanka's style of play but we never conceded any goals in the championship and it was actually quite fun to watch um, but in terms of recruitment you know my kind of final piece on this is you can take a horse to water um, you can't make a drink and I think now we kind of have to <laughs> essentially force it now because if we're not going to get these signings signings in um, Gary Rott's not doing very, Gary Rott, so he's not doing very well at Stoke at the moment so it wouldn't surprise me if they came knocking for him either so we have to get those players in have to keep Pewers happy have to keep the fans happy 
and just kick on and just kick on for the, the rest of the season. But anyway, um, in terms of the Bezic deal, I know I kind of mentioned this is kind of my, like, my final piece on recruitment, but um, we've had a couple of questions regarding Bezic and the ones from Tom Burnwan and MFC Josh Simmons, um, and they're asking about the deal itself and why do Villa have very similar targets to us? Um, as far as I'm aware on Bezic, um, it was close as far as I'm aware. Um, he's actually moved out of his house in Liverpool and we should be kind of waiting confirmation for that. But I'm touching wood, I'm not jinxing it. Um, there is a lot of rumours that Leeds could be uh, trying to get him so we kind of need to wrap it up sharply. We can't If he comes to the uh, comes to our training ground again, we have to just wrap it up. Jesus Christ, if we lost Bezic to Leeds, lost Braithwaite, I think we should just give up. Um, but in terms of the uh, and Bezic, I think everything was agreed in terms of personal terms. It's just the final details, I think, signing out. And we should hopefully, fingers crossed, get him touch wood. I'm not going to say any more. Hope he signs. Leave it like that. Um, but in terms of um, an Aston Villa wanting similar players to us, you know, it's a very difficult question to, to answer um, because players get watched a lot. You know, we have scouts up and down the country from, and they all go at the same games. We have Aston Villa scouts in Middlesbrough. We'll have Middlesbrough scouts in, in Birmingham. And, and and with that, you know, these guys, they watch non-league, they watch European games, they go to Premier League games. They're going to be watching certain players that fit certain systems and Pulis and Bruce are, are quite similar coaches in terms of how they, their philosophies are and in terms of how, and wanting their players to, to give everything on the pitch. And So I can kind of see the similarities of why they're wanting you know, to, to bring these certain players in. Um, and generally the style, is very, the style as well is very strict in terms of how certain players play. Um, they're very organised, they're very difficult to break down and I'm not really going to go into it too much because uh, I'll be here all, here all day and, and quite frankly my football brain's not too too clever at 8 o'clock at night over here so um, but yeah I don't want to say any more about Bezic I don't want to say anything more about Aston Villa I'm getting really pissed off about it but um, let's just hope Bezic is in a Borussia as soon as possible or there's probably going to be outrage on the streets of Teesside um, but let's look ahead to West Bromwich Albion Friday the first time Tony Pulis is facing his former club since he was sacked last season, leaving West Brom lingering above that relegation zone. He's facing a man, in my opinion, um, a very good, young, excellent coach um, in, in Darren Moore. Um, Moore made a, a great start to management last year. Um, he nearly kept West Brom up. Remember, you know, like they were dead and buried for, for weeks and he did a tremendous, tremendous job. Um, getting the results that he needs, and um, he got the fans on side, got the players on early doors, and he's tactically very, very good. You know, sometimes we see coaches come in who are very good tactically, but they can't manage teams. He's finding his feet very quickly. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if they try to, sh they, as soon as they lost a few games on the bounce, they try and sack him. Um, he did get the kind of get the job on a on a technicality. Um, don't want to quote the guy from Manchester United, but um, he, he's if he if they have a couple of bad results, you know he could be could be sacked essentially. But he's a great coach, you know he has a big future in the game. I thoroughly believe that, um, and 
it's going to be a good, good game on the Riverside on Friday night. Um, so, how are, how are they going to set up? You know, how are West Brom going to set up? Um, in my opinion, I think they'll stick to that 3-4-1-2 formation which they used against QPR. Um, they have been playing more of a 4-4-1-1 formation, but they've slightly changed it a little bit, pushing Phillips out wide with with Kieran, with Kieran Gibbs and bringing Adibiero. Um, Kyle Bartley and I can't remember the other centre-back's name but them three at the, at the back of the push numbing us up um, Morrison's back now and he might be playing centre midfield with Chris Brunt um, with also Jake Livermore England International um, at some point playing centre midfield for them um, with the two up front with um, Gale and Rodriguez and Barnes will probably be playing in that more of the, in the hall position um, so how are they going to really play it? Um, I think Phillips and Gibbs, you know, like I mentioned, they're going to get up and down the pitch with that high press. I can see them um, playing not as, not as high as usual, um, especially though playing against QPR. I think QPR came there to defend them, which made it um, a lot easier for them to get up, stay up the pitch and make it difficult for their defence to get out. Um, it was very, very poor tactically from Steve McLaren, must say so myself. Um, but... They're, what they're going to try and do is they'll try and get the ball through the middle um, and they'll try and stretch us in, in parts in the midfield and try and get the ball out wide and try and stretch that midfield so there's a gap within that mid, in the gap within the middle of the midfield so they can get a shot away um, or play a through ball for the, the striker to run onto. Um, the two strikers of, of Gale and Rodriguez have a bit of pace around them and it's someone. It's something that we should be looking at, especially for Ayala, Flint, and Fry. They're not really blessed with pace. Our whole defense isn't really blessed with pace, um, so that's something that we should potentially be looking at on Friday. Um, that through ball, the one-two, that gaps in the midfield to try and play the ball around the back. And if they do get in behind, it, it's going to be a long, long night for us. Um, I think it's vital for our defenders to try and get the challenges in early doors and make it difficult for them, especially Dwight Gale and Rodriguez. You know, get the, get your tackles in early. Make it difficult for them. Let them know you're there. And I think that'll make things very, like I mentioned, very, very difficult for, the, for their strikers to, to get a foothold in the game. Um, I can see them being very much unchanged for that 7-1 win against QPR. Um... That that result really wasn't really a shock in my opinion. If you if you actually watched the game, um, QPR's tactics were horrendous. They didn't want to get past the halfway line. They gave the ball away in sloppy areas, individual mistakes. They look like they're going to be in trouble unless, unless they don't buy any players. Um, so don't think of that result too much. Um, I think it's a it's a good game for for both teams on Friday. Um, but so how do we how do we beat West Brom and how do we break them down? How do we stop them from playing through the middle and stretching our midfield? Um, you know, West Brom they, they do try and play that expansive style, um, and them themselves whilst trying to to create gaps they do leave them, um, especially with like sometimes try and play that one two of the wingers and um, they leave a gap. But if that fails, it does leave a big area in the pitch that can you know let our third midfielder um, kick on in that space um, so if they try and play that style we can we have to play with good tempo um, it's as simple as that we need to get the ball in the box and, and play to our strengths and that's very easy to say 
Um, but I think we should be very aggressive in that midfield. You know, get that second ball if we lose it. You know, make that foul early doors. Be a rough team. You know, that, that Wimbledon-type team back in the day. Um, we need to be very, very aggressive early doors and try and make it very difficult for them to, to break us down and, you know, try and make them force them back a little bit. You know, and try and get our and try and get the ball out wide and dictate the play. You know, these quite like a, a more of a possession style of play, especially at home. But um, you know, if we try and force them back, get the ball out wide, use the set players to our advantage. We have height in our team with the highest um, highest height in the division in terms of defenders, and we need to utilize that, especially in those throw-ins and those corner scenarios, which we we have been in, in previous in previous weeks. Um, I think Pulis will name an. Un unchanged team um, and I'm also expecting a good game from Lewis Wing um, and I've not mentioned this about the, the space in midfield I think he's going to have that extra yard in midfield on Friday hopefully um, especially with the type of style that they play and I think he'll have that extra not that extra yard but that, a split second where he can pick a ball out for, for maybe Braithwaite or for maybe for Downing or for Samba Longa to play that one two with him and get a shot away Um you know, I think it's a good opportunity for him. I think it's a good opportunity for Housen as well. You know, we expect Clayton to be to be sitting in that role or McNair if we if he decides to come in. Um but in terms of in terms of that, um the two players of Housen or Wing or McNair, they're gonna have may potentially have that extra space in midfield for us to kind of like dig deep, you know. Um, if, if they go for a three four one two formation, Clayton's gonna probably be having that that attacking midfielder, or we'll we'll let them have they'll we we'll let them play a three up front, and we'll have even match if we go for a th if we match them, or we'll have four defenders, and we'll have one spare. It's as simple as that. Um, it should be fine. We we should be fine in 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 those scenarios. Um, but I should say it's a massive test on Friday. I really do. I think it's a huge huge test for us. Um. I know in, in the previous podcasts, and I always do say that first 10 games, you're probably sick of me saying it, but those first 10 games don't really mean too much. But both teams will want to win this football match on Saturday, on, on Friday, sorry. You know, um, because both teams are going to be up there coming in the, the season. They'll want to compare themselves against each other um, and try and get one over on each other. This is a great time for us to showcase ourselves to the league and to say, you know what, we have lost players, but you know what, the players that we have here at the moment are very, very good footballers, and they are. Um, but this leads me to my my final question as I try and wrap things up, and it's by Elliot Venice, and Elliot is a very, very good friend of mine. We're at the university together, and he does help out with the page as well. Um, he, he asks, um, which teams do you expect to be challenging for the top two towards the end of the season and if I'm honest you can you can name seven or eight teams if I'm honest um, I, I do want us to be up there I really do um, but I think time will tell especially with the type of signs that if we the ones that we try and bring in um, West Bromwich Army will be up there I can see Leeds I think they've been excellent so far this season they might fall away but they've been very very good so far Swansea um had an orchest, but they're starting to, to get results, so they're a team to watch um, Nottingham Forest could potentially be up there, they've again, haven't really set the world alight but they could potentially be up there Brentford, I think they're a very surprise um, package so far I wouldn't be surprised if they were up there come the end of the season, they're playing some terrific stuff um, 
at the moment. They were very, very unlucky to, to draw. I think they drew 2-2 two -two, um, against Villa um, last night. Um, but on f I think it's too early to call. I really do think it's too early to call um, so far this season. I think Stoke, they have the quality there, you know, to go on a run, um, with, if it's with Gary Rowett or not. Um, but up there, I think West Brom definitely will be up there, 100% be up there. Um, that second position, that's anyone's. It really is anyone's. Um, hopefully it's ours. Hopefully we kick on and get the players we need because I think we will. Um, but for Friday night, I'm going to predict a Middlesbrough 2-1 win, unchanged side, a goal from Aidan Flint. Uh, this is the Borough breakdown. You're probably thinking, of, why is he sound funny? I've got a huge cold. Um, I can't wait to get rid of that. Um, and hopefully the next podcast will be back on Teesside. Um, so please share this pod, like our page, um, retweet it, do all the stuff that you need to do. Um, I hope you enjoy the Borough Breakdown podcast. Enjoy the match on Friday. Fleming for Craig Hignett. Hit it, Higgy. Higgy hits the track. Abanelli coming alive again. Janino wants the ball played to him. Abanelli spots out. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.